Section 5 of the Watergate Report, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 2, Section 5. I. The Hertz Corporation. In the fall of 1971, Donald Petrie, a former president of Hertz International Division, retired from a New York investment firm and became associated as a volunteer worker with the Washington, D.C. campaign office of Senator Edmund Muskie. In a committee interview, Petrie stated that, at the request of Deputy Campaign Chairman George Mitchell, he had made arrangements with Hertz and Avis for the leasing of rental cars to key Muskie campaign workers. Petrie stated that the reason he sought an accommodation from the car rental companies was the fact that the key Muskie campaign workers were not being afforded the usual discount rate in renting cars, were experiencing difficulty in obtaining reservations for rental cars, and, because of the lack of credit cards, were being required to tie up inordinate amounts of cash for the purpose of making rental car deposits. Petrie stated that he called Robert A. Smalley, then president of the Hertz Corporation, and requested special credit cards by which rental cars might be made available, with the billing to be held in abeyance until the primary campaigns were ended. Petrie stated that he volunteered to be a guarantor of the rental car bills. Smalley, now retired from the Hertz Corporation, in his appearance before the committee on November 20, 1973, described the telephone conversation with Petrie as being one in which Petrie asked if Hertz could make available cars free of charge for the use of the Muskie campaign. Smalley stated that he responded to Petrie's inquiry and told him that he could not provide free rental cars, and that Petrie, as a former Hertz corporate officer, should know that to grant such a request would be in violation of company policy. Smalley further testified that Petrie neither challenged his response nor gave any indication that his request had been misunderstood. Smalley stated that he referred Petrie to Saul Adidon, the vice president and general counsel of the Hertz Corporation, and concurrently advised Adidon to assist Petrie with his need for rental cars. Smalley stated that he did not provide Adidon with any specific instructions, nor did he relate to Adidon his understanding of the telephone conversation with Petrie. At this point, it appears that Smalley and Petrie discontinued any participation in the matter and were not advised of any of the subsequent events. Saul M. Adidon, who was granted immunity on November 13, 1973, testified before the committee that upon the general instructions of the Hertz Corporation president, Smalley, he did provide rental cars to selected Muskie campaign workers, the names having been furnished by Petrie. Adidon testified that he made rental car reservations through his office, and that the bills for these car rentals incurred by the designated Muskie campaign workers were sent directly to his office. He stated, I accumulated the bills, anticipating that eventually they would be written off by Hertz. By May of 1972, Adidon was holding car rental bills which, to the best of his recollection, aggregated to about $8,000 or $9,000, although the amount billed was only $4,103.29. Anticipating that he would terminate his employment with the Hertz Corporation on or about June 1, 1972, Mr. Adidon addressed himself to the problem of disposing of the musky car rental bills. He stated as follows. Shortly before leaving Hertz in May 1972, 
and in anticipation of my departure i attempted to have the accumulated bills in my possession written off by this time mr smalley was no longer with hertz i went to the controller of hertz and asked that the bills be written off while i do not recall specifically my conversation with the controller i believe that i indicated generally to him that the bills were of a political nature the controller said that to write them off might cause the auditors of hertz's parent corporation rca to question him about them accordingly he refused to write the bills off without specific direction of the chief executive of hertz ronald perman was then chief executive i went to mr perman and told him about the rentals that had been made on the basis of mr smalley's instructions to me i told him the amount of the accumulated bills and that the controller would not write them off without mr perman's authorization mr perman an accountant himself recognized the controller's reluctance to write off the bills but he also considered them to be an obligation of hertz since the bills could not be written off it was necessary for hertz to take care of their payment in some way mr perman authorized me to have hertz provide funds to outside lawyers to enable them to make contributions to the muskie campaign committee in the amount of the outstanding bills edidin testified that he contacted six new york attorneys and one chicago attorney and asked each of them to send him a contribution for the muskie campaign in return he would approve the payment of their bills for legal services in an amount sufficient to cover not only the amount of their contribution but an amount twenty five to thirty per cent more than the amount of their contribution for the purpose of reimbursing them for their income tax obligation edidin stated that seven attorneys participated individually or through their partner by sending contributions in amounts ranging from three hundred dollars to one thousand dollars for a total of four thousand one hundred and three dollars and twenty nine cents according to edidin the individuals for whom he approved the payment of bills for which no services had been performed were richard m tickton esq edward w malkin esq four seventy seven madison avenue new york new york one double o two two one thousand dollars barton d eaton esq eleven east forty fourth street suite eleven hundred new york new york one double o one seven one thousand dollars john l murray esq murray and mawinney p c two thirty five mamaronac avenue white plains new york one o six o five three hundred dollars matthew l lifflander esq care of weiss bronston rosenthal heiler and schwartzman two ninety five madison avenue new york new york one double o one seven one thousand dollars larsh b mawinney esq murray and mawinney p c two three five mamaronac avenue white plains new york one o six o five three hundred dollars subtotal three thousand six hundred dollars attorney as to whom no evidence of reimbursement was determined five hundred dollars total forty one hundred dollars though uncertain in his testimony concerning the exact dates and amounts of the bills he approved for payment to the participating attorneys Adidin did identify certain bills and vouchers which he testified bore the characteristics of bills paid for which no services were performed each of the following bills identified by Adidin bore his signature and approval of payment the initials of hertz board chairman r j perman 
were within the pertinent time frame and were in an amount compatible with his recollection regarding the identity of the attorney from whom he solicited a contribution edgar w malkin and richard m ticklin law partners fifteen hundred dollars may seventeenth nineteen seventy two matthew l lifflander fifteen hundred dollars may eighteenth nineteen seventy two barton d eaton nine hundred and fifty dollars may twenty second nineteen seventy two john l murray and larsh b mahwinney law partners nine hundred dollars may nineteenth nineteen seventy two in an attempt to determine that there was a viable muskie committee to which the solicited contributions might be sent adeaton testified that i spoke with matthew lifflander a former employee of hertz then an attorney in private practice who was active in the muskie campaign and asked him to arrange that the campaign committee would utilize any contributions provided to pay the outstanding bills edidon testified that he collected the contributions from the attorneys and that the checks were made payable to the name or names of muskie committees furnished by lifflander he gave the checks which totaled thirty one hundred dollars to matthew lifflander in may of nineteen seventy two and at the same time asked lifflander if he would contribute one thousand dollars so that the full amount of the outstanding muskie car rental bills could be paid subsequently lifflander did provide to adidon a check from a washington d c muskie committee payable to the hertz corporation in the amount of four thousand one hundred three dollars and twenty nine cents this check was dated may thirtieth nineteen seventy two Adidon asserts that the difference between the $3,100 he gave Lifflander and the $4,103.29 represents Lifflander's contribution, although Adidon has no personal knowledge regarding how Lifflander's contribution was made. Testifying before the committee on November 19, 1973, Mr. Lifflander stated that not only did he not submit a bill to the Hertz Corporation for which no service was performed, but that he did not make any contribution subsequent to april twentieth nineteen seventy two well before the plan described by adidon was formulated he states that he told adidon in may of nineteen seventy two that he would arrange for his one thousand dollar contribution made on april twentieth nineteen seventy two to be allocated to the payment of the muskie car rental bills and that he made no further contribution as a result of his contact with adidon when asked about a report of the muskie committee signed by lifflander and filed with the gao which lists him as making a one thousand dollar contribution on june seventh nineteen seventy two lifflander said that the entry was a clerical error in his testimony lifflander also stated that in the spring of nineteen seventy two saul m adidon then vice president and general counsel with hertz called and asked him for assistance in collecting from the muskie campaign committee money to pay the hertz car rental bills lifflander referred adidon to stanley goldstein who was a volunteer worker with the muskie organization handling the settlement of debts subsequently adidon contacted lifflander again and told him that he had an agreement with the muskie people in washington that they would pay the hertz car rental bills if he adidon succeeded in raising contributions in an equal amount to the outstanding bills shortly thereafter may of nineteen seventy two lifflander met with adidon in his office and received from adidon several checks payable to a muskie committee 
at this meeting adidon told him that he was about one thousand dollars short and requested that lifflander contribute one thousand dollars to make up the difference lifflander states that he told adidon he had just contributed one thousand dollars in april of nineteen seventy two and that in view of his recent contribution he would ask the muskie people to allocate that one thousand dollar contribution to the payment of the hertz car rental bills lifflander said it was probably on the same occasion that he received the muskie contribution checks from adidon that he discussed and received approval from adidon for the payment of a legal bill in the amount of fifteen hundred dollars on june first nineteen seventy two lifflander transmitted to hertz a muskie committee check in the amount of four thousand one hundred and three dollars and twenty nine cents lifflander denied any participation other than receiving the contributions from Eden and subsequently furnishing a muskie committee check in payment to hertz lifflander did submit a legal bill to the hertz corporation in may of nineteen seventy two the amount of this bill was fifteen hundred dollars the explanation furnished by lifflander for this bill was that he was under contract to the hertz corporation to provide a study on hertz franchising this contract was entered into in the fall of nineteen seventy one and as he began his work in nineteen seventy two he realized that an independent section with regard to the laws applicable to franchises should be included in the study on the day that he met with adidon to pick up the checks payable to the muskie committees he explained to adidon the need for this legal section in the study he was doing according to lifflander adidon agreed with him that a proper fee for this additional work would be fifteen hundred dollars lifflander states that he wrote a forty-three page legal section a copy of which has been provided to the committee lifflander denies that this fifteen hundred dollar bill submitted to hertz in may of nineteen seventy two is in any way connected with nor was the money used for the subsequent payment of car rental bills by the muskie committee gerald shapiro president of hertz testified before the committee that in late nineteen seventy one he had engaged matthew lifflander to prepare a general business report on franchising for the hertz corporation he stated that the payment for the study was authorized by him in a total amount of five thousand dollars one-third of which was to be paid in advance and the remaining two-thirds upon completion of the study shapiro stated that no additional payments were authorized by him and that in his opinion it would have been unusual for any hertz official who was not a party to the original contract to have authorized additional payments to lifflander barton d eaton a new york attorney who was alleged by soladeden to have been involved in the plan to raise campaign contributions for the purpose of paying muskie car rental bills testified before the committee under grant of immunity on december fourth nineteen seventy three eaton corroborated the allegation made by adeden that he had made a contribution in the amount of one thousand dollars through adeden to the muskie election committee he stated that he had contributed a $500 check dated May 19, 1972, and that at his, Eaton's, request, his wife also contributed a $500 check to the Muskie Election Committee, and that the date of her check was May 18, 1972. Eaton stated that, though his recollection was unclear, he knows that he submitted bills to the Herbst Corporation in a total amount of $1,450 
one thousand of which was to reimburse him for his campaign contribution and four hundred and fifty dollars of which would be allocated for his income tax liability eaton stated that it was his recollection that rather than submitting one bill in the amount of one thousand four hundred and fifty dollars he had submitted two bills one for nine hundred and fifty dollars and the other for five hundred dollars eaton stated that he had no specific recollection with regard to the delivery of the two five hundred dollar contributions however he believes that he delivered them directly to adidon's office and had given them to adidon or to his secretary the contribution checks supplied to adidon by the eatons were made payable to the muskie election committee as were all of the other checks these checks were deposited to the account of the muskie campaign committee as evidenced by both the official reports submitted to the u s general accounting office and by the letters dated june first nineteen seventy two which mr lifflander sent in acknowledgment of the contributions all of the contribution checks obtained by adidon were made payable to the muskie election committee albeit erroneously in the opinion of lifflander as was his one thousand dollar check dated april eighteenth nineteen seventy two in connection with his one thousand dollar contribution check dated april eighteenth nineteen seventy two to the muskie election committee lifflander stated you see whatever committee name was used i could put in any bank account as indeed my own check made out erroneously to muskie election committee and i found out today there was no such thing as a bank account committee went into the muskie for president to demonstrate that he made no contribution in may or june of nineteen seventy two lifflander submitted hundreds of financial documents relating to the muskie campaign as well as his personal bank and other financial records an examination of the financial records provided the committee of the muskie campaign finance committee by lifflander reflected no indication of a one thousand dollar contribution by him and in fact no unidentified items equal to or totaling one thousand dollars the only substantial items not attributed to specific contributors were a deposit of hundred and twenty five dollars on may eleventh nineteen seventy two and deposits of five hundred dollars and one hundred dollars on june fifteenth nineteen seventy two lifflander also provided what he averred were all his bank records for his personal and law firm accounts during the relevant period there was no check to any muskie committee in may or june of nineteen seventy two and there were no checks payable to cash or other withdrawals that could be viewed as the source of cash for a one thousand dollar contribution by him matthew l lifflander submitted an affidavit dated april nineteenth nineteen seventy four with over one hundred pages of exhibits in support of his position lifflander's affidavit notes that gao reports attributed two contributions to him to the muskie campaign one thousand dollars on april twentieth nineteen seventy two and one thousand dollars on june seventh nineteen seventy two he continues it was not until after my testimony before the select committee that i discovered i was listed on the gao reports as having made two one thousand dollar contributions to the muskie for president campaign during the year nineteen seventy two that is on april twentieth nineteen seventy two and on june seventh nineteen seventy two the entry for june seventh nineteen seventy two was not called to my attention either when i testified before the select committee or before the internal revenue service 
i want to take this opportunity to reiterate my categorical denial that i made any contribution to the muskie campaign during the year nineteen seventy two except for the contribution listed in my name for april twentieth nineteen seventy two this contribution was clearly made at least one month prior to my conversations with mr adidon it was made to the muskie for president campaign committee located in washington d c and was mailed to the Washington Campaign Office. Indeed, it was listed in the GAO reports rendered by the Muskie for President Washington Campaign Office. The second $1,000 contribution, which was allegedly made on June 7, 1972, was simply never made by me, and its inclusion in the GAO report is in error. The source of the information regarding this second contribution is the GAO reports rendered by the Muskie Committee in New York State, of which I was treasurer and which I signed. While my name appears in that report as having contributed $1,000 on June 7, 1972, the supporting bank and committee records clearly indicate that such a contribution was neither made nor received. On the subject of services provided by him to Hertz for the $1,500, Lifflander stated, when I testified before the select committee, I stated that when Mr. Adidon contacted me in May 1972, it was the first time that I learned that he was leaving Hertz at the end of that month. I therefore took the occasion of my meeting with him to discuss a professional matter on which I was working for the Hertz Corporation. In November 1971, I had been formally retained by the Hertz Corporation to do a consultant study of the potential for expanding corporate franchising activities. This study was contracted for by a letter dated November 11, 1971, a copy of which was previously supplied to the committee. The fee I was to be paid for this study was in the amount of $5,000, of which I was paid $1,500 retainer on December 28, 1971. As this study proceeded during the fall of 1971 and the first half of 1972, it became obvious that in order to make the study complete, extensive legal research and analysis with regard to a survey of the existing laws affecting franchising in several states needed to be included in this study. As the letter agreement with the Hertz Corporation will indicate, no such legal analysis was agreed to at that time. This was so because the need for such legal research and analysis was not apparent to either me or Hertz when we originally entered into the contract. I, therefore, discussed with Mr. Adidon in his capacity as general counsel of the Hertz Corporation the need for additional compensation for me in order to complete the legal phase of this study. Mr. Adidon agreed that this was necessary and that an amount of $1,500 would be a fair compensation and that this sum would be paid as an additional retainer. Edward W. Malkin, an attorney referred to by Adidon as having made a reimbursed contribution of $1,000, submitted the following statement to the committee concerning his alleged involvement. I wish to advise the committee that, as to any monies received by me from the Hertz Corporation in May 1972, I had no personal knowledge that the receipt thereof was part of any such arrangement. Accordingly, if such arrangement existed, I could not and did not knowingly participate in it. Malkin's partner, Richard Tickton, through his attorney, called to the attention of the committee that, 
mr ticton is an attorney with an unblemished reputation in the community and at the bar and to refer specifically to him in the report would undoubtedly have severe and potentially prejudicial after-effects upon him his family and his career the testimony by various of the principles involved is unclear equivocal and contradictory john l murray and larsh b mawinney law partners in white plains new york each of whom was alleged to have made a three hundred dollar contribution reimbursed by hertz submitted affidavits which recited that they left the hertz corporation to practice law early in nineteen seventy three and that hertz has throughout been one of the firm's principal clients murray's affidavit continues mr adeden has testified before this committee that in may nineteen seventy two he asked various attorneys including mr mahwinney and me to contribute certain sums to the muskie campaign committee there is no dispute about that the donations made by mr mahwinney and me and the manner in which they were made are matters of record they were personal donations in every sense however mr adeden has further testified it was his intent that the attorneys he contacted would submit for his approval bills for services not actually rendered as a means of obtaining reimbursement and that he communicated this intent to the attorneys at the time to the best of my recollection no such intent or plan was communicated to me by mr adeden or anyone else i categorically deny the implication that i participated in any such scheme and likewise deny that my firm ever submitted a bill for services not rendered to the hertz corporation or any other client five mr lifflander has testified before this committee with reference to a research project he had undertaken for hertz on which he was working at the time of these events mr lifflander's testimony as to his consultations with mr mahwinney and me at about that same time and the services we rendered in connection with his final report on the subject to hertz is completely factual our daily timesheets diary entries expense reports and other office records all contemporaneously made fully substantiate mr lifflander's testimony in this respect and in fact provide further details consistent in all respects with his testimony that he was apparently unable to recall in summary i have never been reimbursed for my contribution to the nineteen seventy two muskie campaign in any form or manner whatsoever and never sought or expected to be reimbursed my firm has never submitted a bill to or received payment from the hertz corporation or any other person or entity for other than bona fide professional services actually rendered and expenses and disbursements actually incurred in the client's behalf mahwinney's affidavit substantially adopts the affidavit of murray two the facts recited by mr murray are correct to my personal knowledge and if i were called as a witness i would so testify i have no direct personal knowledge however of what was said by mr murray and mr adeden in their telephone conversation initiated by mr adeden and suggesting that we make a political contribution end of section five